Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm, and here we are. It's May 21st, 2019. It is finally warm in Chicago, and this time I actually mean it. This is episode 64064. I am back with another fun and informational episode here for you guys. You know how I always like to have people from different walks of life, different creative industries. As long as you're passionate about what you're doing, I want to have you in the booth, and I want to talk about it. This one is a really, really fun one for me and personal as well. This is a friend of mine that I've known for about seven or eight years now. He goes by the name of Raymond Bobby Hayes. And ever since the first day I met him, I've been strongly influenced by his self-motivation, his attitude on life. He works at Campus Protein as a head sales rep and a manager of over 1,200 millennial salesmen in New York City. This guy works harder than most people I've met in my entire life. Doesn't matter how old they are. This guy is a hustler. He's the type of person who isn't afraid of a Sunday night or a Monday morning Every day is an opportunity to grow in his eyes. Now this isn't just about health and wellness, although we do touch a ton of different stuff on that topic. We talk about social media marketing, we talk about managing millennials, we talk about how to be a leader, we talk about how to be your best self, and how to look in the mirror and really take advantage of life. It's so much fun with this episode. Like I said, Bobby's been a huge influence on me for so long, and it's, it's just a pleasure to be able to sit down with him and talk about what he loves to do the most, and that's work with people. Um, you guys are going to really love this episode. I kept it straight interview. I want you guys to learn something from this just like I did. Um, I hope you guys love it. Bobby, thanks for coming on one more time, man. I know you made the trip out from New York City, but I hope everybody enjoys his story. It really, really is inspiring. So let's get into it right now with episode 64 of In the Booth. Thanks for coming on, Bobby. Here we are, episode 64. I've got an old friend of mine, a mentor for me in a lot of different ways, Raymond Bobby Hayes. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Absolutely, dude. I appreciate you having me. Coming from the NYC. I did. I did. I made the trip back. The trip back. Um, I got a uh, wedding this weekend. So. Yeah? Yeah. Excited? I am. I am. How's that tux going to look, though? Uh, we'll see, man. Rented? We'll Rented. Yeah? Of course we're renting. I'm not buying. No. 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 How much does a tux cost? Dude, I want to say like... At least five hundred or more. At what point in life do you buy a tux? I guess if you're into that lifestyle, or you're planning on going to a lot of weddings, <laughs> being a groomsman. I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy who's like a groomsman at every wedding, though, right? No, absolutely not. It's got to be tiring. As who well. is that guy? Uh, a guy, guy with a lot of connections. Yeah, that guy probably isn't going to get married though. I feel no, like, he's right? not. He's not. He's uh, he's the party guy. The party guy. Yeah, the party guy. And this so. is your first wedding you ever standing in. First wedding I'm ever standing in, so I got a speech written, but... Um, Are you best man? No, no, no. His brother's best man. It's kind of, of a lifelong best man pick, but I'm yeah. a strong number two. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to pick a brother as a best man, right? Absolutely. So he's got two best men, and then a couple of us in the groom's party, or the groomsmen, and then uh, I think I'm giving a speech. I think I got a minute, give an elevator pitch on his life, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to fill that you one You're going to print it off? I uh, might have to. I might just wing it, too. I printed mine off, and I didn't end up reading it at all. Really? Yeah. 
I kind of like the that. heat of the moment. Yeah, wild card approach. Yeah, like I had like my like I wrote it out verbatim. Yeah, and then right when I looked up, I was like, I don't fuck it. Yeah, you let's, know? let's just go. Let's do a live. Yeah, it was fucking Pledge Brother Jeremy's too. <laughs> so I made, <laughs> I immediately made way too far of a Jewish yeah. joke about him. You oh. know, well, I was like, you're on the same team. I was like, he looks at a bagel the way he looks at Brooke. Oh, you know, okay. so, like yeah, it. It applied. Like it. Makes sense. I got some laugh in the front row. Yeah. The back row didn't like it, right. though. But that's true. You can't please everybody, right? Yeah. Ask, just, ask Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Guy gets banana peels thrown at him, right? I know. That's so heinous. I fucking loved it. I didn't get any bagels thrown at me, uh, though. I was eating them. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it, man. So you're originally from LaGrange, right? I am. You got you're a Cubs hat on right now. Born and raised. Yeah, big Chicago guy. Uh, born and raised LaGrange. Went to uh, Indiana, obviously, where you and I met. Yeah. Went to New York after, came back here for about a year and a half, and then just made the jump back in January. Yeah? So, how's how's New York city. been? Dude, from, New, from a Chicago New, perspective. New York, New York is fucking awesome. There's no place like it. Yeah. Um, Price-wise, obviously, <laughs> the cost of living is pretty fucking intense. But, yeah. like, the people you meet, the experiences, everywhere's open to, like, 6 a.m., um, but also, like, it's just a hub. Everyone there is hungry as hell. Nothing yeah. against Chicago, but, like, you're always going to be comfortable with what you grew up with. So it's cool. And everyone, there's diff- so many people from different walks of life. There's, yeah. like, 300-plus languages spoken in New York. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, the demographics. So you live in Manhattan, but, yeah. like, you see a lot of people sprawling to Brooklyn and yeah, Queens absolutely. now. But, like, everywhere, anywhere in the boroughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boroughs are really big. Um, it's kind of just... On top of it, it's stack- like the real estate there is going up and up because they keep building on each other. So. Yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, it's so many different walks of life. So I live in Murray Hill, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a Lincoln Park of New York. Yeah, which that's I a good like. comparison. Yeah, New uh, St. Patrick's Day was a fucking war zone. I'll say that, but it's a good area. <laughs> it's a seven minute walk to work, so I don't have to ride the subways. Which yeah, I like. we were talking about that. Yeah. Do you have any subway stories, dude? Uh, God, there's been I've seen a few brawls on subways. Uh, <laughs> brawls, yeah, oh yeah, full yeah. on brawl. Dude, just homeless people with not shit to lose, just throwing hands <laughs> on the subway. <laughs> so uh, that's been pretty scary. But other than that, like, <laughs> I think Chicago Metro's worse. Seriously? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The one of the first few times I was back in Chicago. Um, I was fortunate enough to had to meet my mom for lunch and a homeless gentleman was uh, kind enough to stand in front of the bus nude. Gentleman, yeah. Yeah. So true gentleman. And I just shit like that you become desensitized to. But um Gosh. Yeah, so far so good. That's great, man. I got a lot of family. Um my dad's from Queens, my cousin lives in Brooklyn. Okay. My aunt and uncle have lived in Upper West Side yeah. for thirty six years. Whew. Everyone's so, is a good place to be. It is. They got it so long ago, mm-hmm. and, like, they're going to fucking kill it when they right. sell that the place. The rent stabilized, too, I bet. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think they owned it, like, five or six years ago. Wow. So they kill it. Every time I go to New York, we, they take me to some different place that I've never been before. Right. I mean, you can go to a different restaurant every single night in New York, 100%. Right? Yeah, and then the food there, the cuisine's so different. Um, the Lower East Side, meatpacking. It's yeah. just, like, one notable restaurant after the other, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you have, like, a lot of the mom-and-pop shops. Um, yeah, you go to New York. Everyone says you got to get a bagel, which is true and false. Um, <laughs> anything there is going to be good. Anything there is going to be. We're good. talking to the health guy. He doesn't like carbs. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I've just eaten too many of them. That I just get tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I hear you on that, man. But speaking of health, so 
we brought you here today because I really want to get into it about health and fitness. Absolutely. Now, was there a specific moment or reason that you got into it? I mean, ever since I've known you, you've always been good at shape. Yeah, was yeah. there something that, you know, happened in your past that you said and yeah. turn around? I, you know, I think in high school growing up, I was always kind of into fitness a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then um, I honestly, I had this traumatic ass breakup my senior year of high school, junior, senior. I don't even remember, but... I remember thinking, like, dude, fuck this. Like, I'm going to get jacked and, like, you're going to see. It <laughs> That's was, how you get dude, back in high school, yeah, right? It, I'm going to get ripped. It, uh, one of my friends calls it a fuck you body. It was literally a fuck you body. And I went to um, – <laughs> That's I, like, so funny. It just, and I just ended up getting in phenomenal shape. And, like, ever since then I realized, like, I think things that come naturally to people that they're passionate about are very easy to, to upkeep and maintain. So mm-hmm. um, I got into health and fitness, like – right when I got to Indiana, maybe a little bit before. And like, I've always been around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of come naturally. So I think that's just like, it's just like an intrinsic drive, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, just working out and being healthy and exercise has always been sort of a motto for me, you yeah. know, playing sports, middle school through high school. Absolutely. I didn't even realize how much I loved exercise because it was kind of like second nature, you right, know, like right. you're playing a sport and then when you graduate high school, you know, and you don't play something yeah. in college and you're looking for something else, Absolutely. right? And the way, the effects that it has on the brain, like the serotonin and everything, like yeah. from a chemical standpoint, mm-hmm. is the same thing that you get from, you know, other things in life. So like you think about some people when they're stressed out, like they might go work out, right? Yeah. You feel amazing afterwards. Yeah. Whereas other people might start smoking cigs yeah. or like get a fat ass meal, like we've all yeah. been there. Yeah, or go out and get shit faced. Like, it, like, <laughs> yeah. like people have so many different vices. Yeah. And if you can find a healthy one, like you end up feeling like much better afterwards yeah absolutely i feel like you know and when i talk to people about health and fitness who are at that same level of passion too you just like you connect with them yeah absolutely with that right yeah it's and it's it's tough at times to like get through it where like if you are super stressed like fuck i just want to go home and eat yeah go to bed yeah um those are kind of the nights where like fuck it all right if i go for a workout or if i go like for a run Mm -hmm. like if i just go out and get active yeah you end up feeling so like 10 times better than you would absolutely indulge in something unhealthy yeah i work out actually in the middle of my day now so i use it as my lunch break yeah i love it absolutely dude it clears your brain i start i try and start the day i usually work out i work out with my boss actually in the morning mm-hmm. we get up about 5 30 nice um but even then you like, like that yeah i mean our schedules are so, i'm not a morning guy i'll be very upfront <laughs> i'm not a morning guy but like i'm at a point where i don't have a choice because my days get busier it's mm-hmm. like all right i got x amount of hours where the bullshit is not going to come you know through the windows through the door yeah of course it's like let me take advantage of that time yeah so he and i will just shoot the shit we'll work out together we'll talk ideas we'll talk strategy we'll talk sales mm-hmm. and then that kind of sets the tone for the day yeah of course it's much easier said than done you walk in a day with a clear mind you're exactly worked out so yeah you can't go home after working late exactly you to, right exactly you go home and chill that's always like the worst part about it if like i could never come home and then work out because i would sit down yeah you'd sit down and then you're like yeah fuck it i'll go tomorrow morning and then like eventually you, you don't, don't end go up going exactly yeah. you don't let's you just don't. be honest look in the mirror yeah that's yourself, right? yeah that's exactly just just saying like you know i'm gonna go out for one drink that should never <laughs> happen that should never happen <laughs> no one goes out for one no drink. they don't and if you do, then you have a real problem. Yeah, then you have a problem. <laughs> so you just mentioned your boss. Um, I want to know more about how you got involved in Campus Protein. So I remember when, when we were in college, you were selling me um, whey protein. I was. Zero carb. I was. So uh, camp- I'll tell you about Campus Protein's story and how I got involved yeah. just to kind of paint the picture. Yeah. So Campus Protein was founded in 2010 at Indiana University where you and I went to school. Yeah. Um, it was founded – 
kind of out of, it was born out of a problem is what I like to say. Uh, but I, essentially what happened was our CEO, Russell Sachs, was going to, you know, GNC because when you get to school and you start working out, everyone, I feel like the majority of college-age students, when they start getting in the gym, they're like, fuck, I like this. I want to look good. Yeah, I wanna absolutely. Look, I want to look better naked. Right? Yeah, how am I sure. gonna do that? Yeah. I want to eat right, and then you start thinking, oh, should I take a protein? Should yeah. I take a pre workout? Mm-hmm. Should I take X, Y, and Z? So he started going to GNC with his fraternity brothers. He was in Delts, and uh, he noticed that they were paying, you know, an absurd amount of money. They're being oversold stuff that they didn't understand. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, the sales reps. Diane, bless her heart, but she's 52 with three kids. She's living a different, she's living a different lifestyle, yeah, right? Yeah. Than like the people that are going out and getting fucked up. Like, so it was either that or it was ordering from like a bodybuilding.com. Um, and at that point, 2010, you're waiting five to seven days for shipping. Yeah. Um, you're probably paying a pretty heavy shipping price to compare it to today's standards. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're a transaction. So campus protein was born, born out of a dorm room. Um, Amazing. And I got involved in 2012. So when we started, we were at two campuses. When I came on board in 2012, it was kind of a slower growth at that point. We were at 20 campuses, and I was like the 28th or 29th ever sales rep. Wow. Um, and then in 2012 or 13, we won um, $100,000 in a Shark Tank type investment uh, pitch at Indiana University, Kellogg School, Kelly School of Business. And since then, um, Campus Protein today ha- is at 300-plus universities and 1,300-plus sales reps across Amazing. the U.S. Amazing. We have 11 warehouses in North America. No shit. So that growth, and the irony, too, is um, GNC, I obviously keep up with this, but they n- announced last year that they're closing a third of their brick-and-mortar brick stores because they can't keep up with people like us. So born out of that problem. You going to buy you, supplements, Exactly. Right? So it's peer-to-peer. E-commerce You're, in general. Yeah, yeah, e-commerce in general is just crushing people like that. So yeah, seriously. So we kind of capitalized off that. So I was with them for a couple years. Uh, and then when I left Indiana, I shit you not, the, the experience that I had, just putting on my resume and people doing their research on it, and I worked my way up to a territory manager before I left. So I ran like a, a small team of, you know, 10 to 15 reps. Mm-hmm. Um, putting that on my resume uh, got me a job at, with two or three different, I'd say probably three Fortune 1000 companies over the f- uh, past four years, mm-hmm. two of which were Fortune 500 companies, like just kick-ass sales gigs. Yeah. Phenomenal. All three of them are ranked in the top 10 training programs in the U.S. for sales and management. Um, and I, I, honest to God, every interview I had, all they asked about was, what is Campus Protein? What'd you do for them? Amazing. Yeah. So then, you know, fortunately in 2018, October of 2018, I was asked, we secured a round of seven-digit funding, um, and I was asked to come back. So now I run... Uh, the program about 1,300 sales reps across the U.S. Wow. Yeah. So it's been from 2012, calling on and off, yeah. until 2019. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, quite the journey. Definitely Seriously. coming full circle. I'll say yeah, that. absolutely. I mean, we were hanging out a lot before this, and it's just amazing to hear your journey and most most of all how passionate you are about it. It's, I appreciate that, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate um, that I – can get up and do what I love day to day and never mm-hmm. dread going into work. Yeah. Sunday scaries don't don't exist for me. I was just about to ask you, like, tell me what it is like within you that Sunday nights and Monday mornings are something you look forward to or it's just another I th- day. I think I think um, that's a great question. I think honestly, a lot of times um, 
maybe it's our, our age demographic, but when you first get out of school, you need something that's going to pay the bills, right? Sure. Because you want to go out on the weekends. You yeah. want to afford a place to live. You yeah. don't want to live at home. You kind of want to buy stuff. So that's so you find a nine to five. You find a job that works your schedule. Yeah. Um, and I think I was there too. And, you know, I got kind of tired of it thinking like there's got to be something that's like more kick-ass than this. Like, sure. like And you probably come across it too. Like people yeah. you've had on the show that are just like hell-bent on whatever they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Gets them just like you can like feel the energy, they right? love it. Exactly. So the minute you connect with that and mm-hmm. that's what you do day-to-day and you're constantly engaged – I'm a guy like I can't be on autopilot. If mm-hmm. I'm on autopilot, it's like I'm either I'm moving in one, I'm either moving forward or I'm moving backwards. So, like when I'm on autopilot, I just f- feel like is this really it? So yeah. to answer your question, what gets me excited about it is every day I'm building something a little bit better than I did the day before. That's like what you gets have me a excited. hunger. Sounds Absolutely, like you have a hunger. Yeah, it's a bo- well. The thing, the beauty of it is, it's something you're passionate about. There's, it's always gonna be a bottomless pit. Right. Yeah. Of course. If you're passionate about these podcasts, you could do a thousand podcasts in a month because you would just knock them out back to back to Dude, back. It could be you and I that listen to this, <laughs> and that's fine for me. Exactly, you know, like exactly. I enjoy that. So, like the minute that you find something like that, you're probably if you truly connect with it, you're gonna constantly be thinking about it. Like, you know what? I should have done this differently. Mm-hmm. I should have done that differently. Yeah. So that's every day when I wake up, I'm kind of reflecting on yesterday. Yeah. I'm thinking forward and I'm thinking backwards, and I'm just like, all right, how can we improve? yesterday's situation a little bit more today one of my biggest models in life is make mistakes and learn from them 100 percent. you know like you have to take those chances like i i tell uh a lot of i have a, a team of four to five managers that sit below me across the u.s and i tell them all the time like if i'm in and out of meetings and you're waiting on something if you want to run a sales contest if you want to give away products for free if you want to comp someone's shipping mm-hmm. if you want to like you know bring on a new hire i was like i'd rather have you make a decision and fuck up yeah and we have to clean that up than not make any decision at all so true it's because at that point that's when you learn right yeah instead of just waiting for people to do things for you yeah instead of being like you know what fuck it i'll figure this out that's like when people grow fuck it let's do it live exactly sometimes you want something done you gotta do it yourself yeah that's just a fact yep that's a life motto that I'd like to get tattooed. If I actually got all the things that I like to say tattooed on me, be I'd be fucking Travis. What's was his name? Oh, uh, Travis fuck. Barker. Yeah, Travis yeah. Barker. <laughs> the OG. Just fucking Tony Robbins quotes mm-hmm. all the way up to my neck. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking about this earlier, and um, it's something that I'm super interested in these days, and it's just the aspect of social media. You know how people are portrayed on social media, how do people want to portray themselves on social media, and it goes back into self-image, right? Oh, my God. I want to do these, like, how do you, as a rep for Campus Protein, you say you run the account with 80,000 people. How many followers do you have? We have, I think it's 76,000. So when you're interacting with people and you're viewing other people that you want to put on or you want to share your product, like, what's kind of, like, what do you think about, like? So I think um, our CMO, Tarun. um, Shout out, Tarun. Yeah, shout out, Big T. Um, he, so he runs the majority of the account. I get on and off it. I'm still waiting for full access, but he doesn't trust me with the DMs. But, um, but, uh, no. So I think the one thing that we focus on and he's hell bent on is customer, um, experience. Sure. Not customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction is, Hey, I got what I wanted. Yeah. Customer experience is from the minute you come across us, whether it's a sales rep, whether it's me just meeting on the street telling you what we do, mm-hmm. whether it's you know someone just pushing them, they're finding a site organically, that experience 
comes down to like the interaction on social media because think about it. Instagram today is what Facebook was five years ago. It's, it's a mammoth. Yeah. And as a company, you have to paint that image, that engagement that paints like a wonderful experience. So yeah. the idea is painting just kind of um, when you work with us, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to be more than satisfied. Um, you're going to love just kind of the attitude that we have. We're very college oriented. We mm-hmm. sell to everyone, but it's kind of the idea that like, hey, we're for the students by the students. Yeah. Like, let's help you look better naked. We don't want to see you naked. Don't get us wrong. Don't get us some <laughs> hot water. Yeah. But it's the idea that like, let us help you hit your goals. Yeah. So if you come to us, you know, it's, it's always focused on customer experience, which is just from the minute you get to the minute you get to our site, like the stacks, right? So if we sell a bunch of bundled products, I can pull this up right now. Our, the, our stacks are named after like famous like movies or like there's like the seriously yeah. Uh, hold on, give me one. That's second. fucking social so, media marketing right there. So, but we revamped these. <laughs> the ironic, like we had a meeting yesterday where we had to go over the stack name. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dracaris in Game of Thrones <laughs> is a fat burning stack. Oh it's my all fat god! It's little things like Holy that. Holy shit, that's amazing. So, like, if you look at our site, yeah, and then we'll go to stacks here. The <laughs> names of it are just hysterical because let's see shop all snacks because it's like that relevant to like our demographic. I love that. So that engagement, uh, ripped as fuck stack. Ripped as fuck stack. That's one of them. <laughs> Straight to the Flavor point. station stack. Look better naked stack. Fat funeral stack. Yes. All fat burners. Yes. Uh, summer shredding stack. Uh, what else? Switch it up stack. It's a test booster and a pre-workout. It's just like the way that, and this is constantly, I think the beauty of the thing that's making it so successful in the college demographic is we're so in touch with our customer base Mm -hmm. that it's the feedback, the trends, like we always try and stay one step ahead. So like even the names on the site is some of the stacks that we sell are revamped every two weeks. That's amazing. I mean, I think that's the best way to connect with your customer base. You know, like something that's so important about just running a business is finding out what your company is and what your company's goal is and who you want to target, exactly. right? And target the living fuck out of them. Yep. And just literally fuck them in the face yep. with what your product is and how it can enhance their yep. life, right? Absolutely. Because you see so many companies trying to just like be a jack of all trades. Yeah. And that's never going to happen. No, You can't not. make everybody happy. When when companies hit a point where like they feel like they're doing well, and I, we see this a lot in the industry, but a lot of companies will, you look at a company that if you only know the, the pre-workout that they sell, a lot of yeah. times when they become that big, then they come out with a protein, a fat burner, a multivitamin. And no one, no, no one like can communicate because now it's all bogged down. Right. Instead of like drilling in on what made them successful, they stray mm-hmm. off the path. And that's like in any business, to your point, if you get too aggressive and you lose sight of your customer base and yeah. you lose sight of like your tone and what you're trying to do, it's you. probably gonna you're probably gonna end up sinking at some point. You'll hold some water, you might do okay. Yeah. But you could be doing much better if you drill down, if you triple down on what you're good at. Absolutely. I think that's why like dive bars are always a great example. Like how does they, such, they how does know they're shitty, shitty place? Yeah, they know they're shitty. But guess what? The people that keep going back there are the same people who yep. have been going there. Because it's consistent. Because it's consistent, they know what they're getting. Yep. And I mean, we talked about this a little bit before too, like routine and to a certain extent, routine is important. And yeah, you want to have, yeah. you know, an idea of what you're going to want to do. Right. If you want to go get a good beer at a local bar, if you want to go to Campus Protein and get right. the test booster or the creatine right. that you like, you're going to go there. Yeah. Because yeah. you trust it. Yep, exactly. You're going to have a good experience. You and trust with social experience. media, you have all these Instagram ads and Facebook ads and you just it's like, crazy. It's, it's hard to trust it. And it's crazy. It's in this big loop. I feel like since we were maybe, let's just say high school and middle school, you know, 
middle schoolers have Snapchat now and shit. Yep. Right? And then now it's just this Dude, middle big... schoolers have more followers than I do on Instagram, I, which is it's fucking, fucking crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, and man. Look at it like... Because they all just follow each other, yeah, right? They got like 8,000 followers. Oh, I'm like, this my is God. everybody at fucking yeah. Zionsville High School, you know? Yeah. I heard a great quote the other day that was... It was, um, it was some TED Talk, but it was talking about the fact where someone was asking a guest on the show, you know, isn't this becoming a problem yeah. that these kids have access to it? And the guy responded, he's a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. He just goes, no, the reason why people are afraid of it is because we didn't grow up with it. Yeah. So the reason why you and I are appreh- apprehensive towards, you know, kids being that engaged, because we weren't that engaged. Yeah, That's why we're like, what the fuck? But in reality, <laughs> maybe it might work out well for them. Yeah, and we won't know. Exactly. We won't know until the future. Exactly. It's crazy, and it's it's so interesting to see how... At first, it was like we only trust each other's word of mouth, and it was like anything you see on social media, like how with all those Facebook fake articles, you know, yeah. people trust those. Oh, I saw it on the internet, and now people are like, can't trust anything on the internet. Oh so my now God. it's a surviving circle of I can only trust what I have seen yep. and proven, or my friends talk about. Yep, yep. You and know? It, and it, that word of mouth goes so far, uh, but also social media in general is. Um, what was it? There was something that it's it's a self promotion. It's like running ads for yourself. Yeah. No one's gonna put up pictures when they had a shitty day, right? <laughs> no, like no one does that. Everyone puts their best foot forward yeah. on social media, and companies are the exact same way. Yeah. But until you engage with them, until you get to know that person, or until you get to have an experience with the company, mm-hmm. you're not really gonna have the true experience. Even though everyone now is trying to like one up each other on social media, I it's know. all kind of bullshit. I mean, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but it's true. I mean, it's a self promoting moral of this conversation almost you know it's uh, hard to find validity in it sometimes it definitely is people are enthralled by that and i think people find validity in the people that are imperfect that don't put their best foot forward exactly because it's real because you can communicate that's why like you look at like gary vaynerchuk right Mm -hmm. he's heinous amount of followers on instagram (laughs) and and he always he always talks about you know he gets asked like you know you're so successful you built this company you did x y and z why do you still curse and he's like because that's who i am yeah yeah yeah, like that's how i communicate so um i think that's why some people stick out more than others when it comes to engagement is because they're very true to who they are yeah absolutely totally agree so i want to get a little a little bit more into the health and wellness here aspect so you sell supplements to both men and women of course um, tell us about how each sex should maybe correctly use supplements and what the differences are for okay. each. Yeah, so our split uh, male to female is actually pretty strong. It's about 60% really? male, 40% female. I don't know female. any girls that use supplements. No one does. But the beauty of it is supplements is such a subjective term. What you define as supplement right. – so like a supplement is anything – one out of every two college students, so mm-hmm. 18 to 25, take a supplement. Nationally. 50%. 52%. 52%. <laughs> Of Jesus. People age 18 to 25 take a supplement. And uh-huh. a supplement is anything from a protein powder to a multivitamin. Okay. To creatine to a test boost. Okay, gotcha. So that market, so we sell, we carry like fit roughly 50 brands, the most popular brands, and a variety of products. So the beauty of who takes what, is that kind of what you're asking as far yeah, as? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really custom to each customer. So what your goals are. So if you come to me and you're like, hey man, like I'm really just trying to find something that just helps me like wake up in the morning. That's a good substitute to coffee. Yeah. Then I can point you in the direction of some aminos, amino right. energy, amino right. acids, right? right? Um, we do get customers that are like, hey, I'm a power lifter. I want to clang some fucking weights this weekend. <laughs> like, All right, dude, we got plenty of test boosters. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it varies person to person. So a lot of times what we educate, and I like to educate our sales reps on, is like really hear out the customer and just ask them about their goals. Yeah. Because I think 
in our society, a lot of times people try and shove what they sell down your throat mm -hmm. and that just turns people off. Yeah. Without so, considering their actual goals. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of it is we cater it towards the customer. Yeah, absolutely. You got to cater towards customer. I mean, like one thing about like in one way or another to me, from what you're telling me is you're leading them in the right direction and leading yep. leadership. You have to find out what already influences them. Exactly. So do they want to get a six pack? Do they want to lose 50 pounds? Yeah. Are you trying to get shredded? Are you trying to bulk up? Like, it's it's super. That's just like a super. You know, I guess, um, you know, direct point way of pointing it. But like everyone yeah. has different goals and different needs. And like, I'm fortunate enough with the the managers, the team I have below me, that they're very very focused on like hearing out the customer and then being a resource. I think salespeople are a dime a dozen. Being a resource in a sales industry mm -hmm. is very rare. Those are the unicorns. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to trust a resource before you trust a salesman. Absolutely. Yeah, and the way you demonstrate that is be like, all right, I hear what you're trying to do. Like, yeah, I would suggest this, and here's why. Not, hey, you we should buy this because it's, right now it's on sale. Right. Never assume in sales, exactly. right? Oh, it'll, it'll bury you. The, the key to sales is long-term. Understanding yep. what your prospect wants yep. or needs. Yep. And asking them questions they've never been asked before, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. What yeah. makes sense to you right now? What do you wish was better about your business? What do you wish was better about yourself? How do you, how do you rate your workout? Like, how, yeah. do, you, how do you rate your workouts? Honestly. I give it a seven. Yeah. What would make it a 10? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Get, get that forward thinking. Totally. So it's even beyond male and female. It's literally person to person. Person to person, lifestyle to lifestyle. Case by case. Yep. What sort of questions can someone ask themselves or try and get in touch with someone who could help them? Honestly, um, any we have a, a click to chat on our site if you want to get in touch with one of our sales reps. Really? That's um, awesome. Yeah, it goes directly to my phone so we can see. You just tell us. <laughs> That's why you get 37 text messages <laughs> no, in yeah. two hours. No, no. It, it goes. So we have a different account set up across the company um, where – It'll send us the information, and then we can click the chat back, and it's just kind of like, hey, I sit in Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. Like, All right, great. I'll reach out to my manager who runs Midwest. and be like, Hey, can you have one of your sales reps contact Matt? He said he's really trying to get to the gym. Okay, what's he trying to do? So there's so much that goes on on the back end, yeah. picking the best person yeah. that lives a similar lifestyle to point you in the right direction. Absolutely. It's all about meshing personalities, isn't it? Oh, it is. It really is. In it's, sales and business and life. Yeah. You're not going to be friends with everybody, right? No, you're not. But you got to find if – you, if you really want to kind of take over any industry, mm. you have to hire people that are from so many different walks of life. So yeah. um, there's some famous Steve Jobs quote where he says, you know, the key to his success was hiring people that were better at things than he knew how to do, but yeah. he knew they could do it better. Yes. I totally agree with yeah. that. That's the type of people I try and surround myself with these days, yeah. you know? You're always trying to better yourself, and the only way to do that is to learn from others, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can teach yourself certain things, but, like, to actually get the human experience and the human element, yep. put yourself in those positions. You right? have to, dude. And just hearing, like, the conversations. Like, people just have so many different takes. It's, it's like the same one saying there's three sides to every story. Mm -hmm. And that applies to literally anything from, like you know, tough situations to like sales pitches. Yeah. Everyone's going to have their own different. Recipe. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can pick and pull and that's what makes you better. But like if you get so hell bent on like one approach, eventually you're probably going to get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched these, uh, the master classes. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah. Before? Yeah. 
And I watch them all, honestly, because I think all these people are experts in their profession. I don't care if you're, you know, Armin Van Buren that I'm trying to learn production or like a screenwriter like uh, Aaron Sorkin, I think his name is. But I'm watching the Judd Apatow one. He was talking about, you know, Judd Apatow, of course, one of the most famous directors and producers and writers and actor even of himself and stand-up comedians. And he was talking about when he was getting going, he was like 16 or 17 and his divorced mom was working at a stand-up comedy club. Yeah. And he was interviewing people like Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld. and. They were obviously better than him, but they saw this kid's passion. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to genuinely help him. Yep. So I've noticed that when I've tried to work with DJs or producers who are better than me, they tell that I really give a yeah. shit. Dude, that's that's literally the the person that shows up like that, like day in and day out. Yeah. Either you're gonna work with them because you A recognize the hunger, or B, you're like, all right, fuck it. Let's see what they can do. Exactly. You wanna give them the opportunity. And sometimes in life, all you need is that chance. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to go into more of your role. Yeah. You manage how many millennials? Uh, 1,318. So millennials. Millennials. So yeah. 22 I got a, to 31. 22 20, I think now it's probably 18 to 35. I have a couple older reps, older sales reps. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of my sales reps across the U.S. are like 18 to 25. So managing millennials, you know, I think everybody, especially millennials, knows that we're always looking for the next big oh thing, my right? God. Everybody knows that. What did you? What was the statistic you told me earlier? Oh, it was. Uh, so statistically, millennials is the most difficult workforce to manage right. because, on average, millennials spend um, about two and a half years less than the previous generation at their current job. Right. So, and, and I think that's, and then even before that, the baby boomers, we spend about. Um, the millennials spend 10 years less than baby boomers did oh, at, yeah. at, at roles. And the reason is because social media paints pictures of better cultures and better places to work. Right. And then they get in that and the process starts all over again. So, so you said it's benefits and culture are the top benefits two things, Benefits and culture right? are the top two things. So it's compensation is usually what drives people. So a little bit about myself. I worked in um, HCM, human capital management. So mm-hmm. I sold payroll software, HR software benefits. It was like a kind of a consulting role for businesses. Yeah. And it was focused on a retain finding the best people for your company mm-hmm. retaining those people and creating a workplace that makes them really excited to be there yeah so it always started with compensation was big held the benefits and then it was the culture the culture was and the beauty of that is it's such an intangible piece how do you measure culture surveys no you measure culture if you fucking walk in and people are happy <laughs> right and it's a place where you mesh yeah of course so like that's um such a driver in today, and also too, social media. Like I said, it just paints a picture that you know company A is always better than company B, and that's not necessarily true because but of the people. It, because of the people, right? Right. We, we're a startup. We have ping pong tables and foosball, <laughs> but we'll pay you thirty thousand dollars. Like, dude, fuck that. Like you know what I mean? But some people like that. We have ping pong tables. I mean, it goes back into it. Like you have to find out what already motivates someone. Exactly. And like. I mean, even if I think of myself, I'm millennial, you're millennial, yeah. like, I'm very influenced by culture. 100%. You want to be at the coolest fucking place. Of course. Some people want to, like, I've fallen victim. I want to be at a place where I tell people where I work. Yeah, like, Fuck yeah. Sure. I work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And it's, or you tell people this is what my title is, or, or shit like that. Or you tell people, like, you know, I work with some of my best friends. Yeah. But it never, that, those rarely all line up. You know, you can't check all the boxes. You no, can never you check can't. all the boxes in life. But my question is, you know, as a manager, I mean, as a fellow millennial, you know, how do you motivate and run their day to day? And you know, tell me some of the successes and failures you've had in the process. Okay, um, we'll put it this way. So the the rep program, shout out to Mike Udell, my boss, who was running it for eight years. Uh, it kind of stalled out 
before I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I noticed from the get-go is it was good, but it wasn't great. So yeah. the first thing I did was look at the top sales reps and try and study how they go about their process, mm-hmm. study what gets them excited, mm-hmm. study what turns them off, because uh, success always leaves clues. So I, w- I honestly started with the top dogs, and I gave them all – I set up you know, a couple different calls with them throughout the week. I'd be like, hey, you know what? I noticed that you're really passionate about this company. Can I ask you why? And they would all – over time, certain patterns emerged that I would take notes of. So the number one thing is uh, making your sales guys feel valued. Yes. So a lot of times, like, it's – Kind of just always being available to them. And I'm not saying available as in like you can call me whenever. I'm saying available as in if you and I have this conversation, I'm going to be fully engaged. I'm going to yeah. be fully there. I'm going to make you feel like like I'm genuinely listening because I do. Because mm-hmm. I am and I genuinely care. So being engaged is a huge, huge piece of it. Um, I think constantly like being open to feedback. Obviously, you don't want to listen to people like, you know what, I fucking hate working for you. It's like, all right, get out of here. But if yeah. you are approached in a sense like, hey, I think it would be better if we ran a couple more like cash sales contests. That would really motivate motivate me. As a, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So um, that's been really just to your point, to your question of finding out what motivates people, a lot of it is just keeping your ear to the ground. Yeah. Um, one of the bigger successes we've had is um, for my different territory managers, we set up, um, we, I kind of gave them all the tools where, uh, so for instance, we work with a lot of big brands that we just have really good relationships. So Nike, right? Mm-hmm. We get X amount, we get a, a very strong discount. Obviously, I probably can't say this on the air, but it was a very strong <laughs> discount off the site because yeah. that company really likes Campus Protein because yeah. we cross paths so many times. Of course. Movement watches, you got like these sunglasses in front of me are movement, Dude, right? I have movement watches, sick. Yeah, so yeah. we get those at a, a very strong percent off. Yeah. Um, products off the site. If you're like, hey, you know what? I really want to earn a free tub of protein or I really want to earn a couple hundred bucks extra this month. So mm-hmm. what I did was I kind of created these tools where I gave them to my managers and I said, do me a favor, contact each one of your sales reps and just be like, hey, do me a favor and t- look at this sheet, look at our website, look at Nike, look at movement, pick out something you want to earn. Pick out yeah. something to get excited. Yeah. So we tailored these sales contests literally one by one because that's when you find out what's going to motivate you. Wow. I could give a fuck about earning a watch. Right. But I might want to earn like some unreleased product that hasn't come out. Yeah, of Then you course. go to the next person. They want a pair of sunglasses. Third person wants a pair of sunglasses. I worked my shoes. ass off for some unreleased Nike shoes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. So that's been a huge success um, that's cool. Yeah, and and it's been it, it's a lot a lot of work that people don't you know see behind the scenes. They just see the end results. Yeah, of but um, that was a huge success for us. The territory manager program um, I brought back because I felt like if I could get more granular with sales reps and listen to them, and yeah. I had more, I gave sales reps across the U.S. more accessibility to management. Mm-hmm. That's been a big success. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there's been failures, but I think I just focus on what fucking works. Yeah. That I black it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because you're constantly building on what works because what works sometimes can change. So if you have a great month and you have a shitty month the next, a lot of times you're just sitting there like, dude, I tried the same thing. Yeah. I try like, that's where it get, it can get hectic. But as long as you go back to the people, people, I, I said this when I was in corporate America and I say it today now more than ever. People in business, whether a sales rep or a prospect, are mm-hmm. the most unpredictable part of business. Yeah. That's just how it is. And until you get to a point where you can constantly be engaged with them, yeah. so at least you have an idea of where their head's at, <laughs> that's really the only way you're going to stay ahead of the curve. 
amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's some just, like, general life advice. Yeah, it's, uh, there's been a lot of life lessons from this, so I'll tell you that. I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, motivating your employees, I mean, I like I said, like, you have to find out what already motivates yeah. them. Yeah, and you've got to leave your fucking ego at the door. That's where um, bad leadership comes oh from, right? Oh, my God. It is so easy, and I see it today, like, I think the beauty of when you think of like different managers that you've had, you think about what about them you really liked yeah, and what about them you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you get into a role or a bigger position, if you're smart, you'll take that and be like, okay, I'm going to apply this. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people can get caught up in it and think, you know what? This is my role. You listen to me now. Those yeah. people always fucking fail. Who wants to work <laughs> for someone that scares them? Nobody. Nobody. No. So like, it's really the culture you create. I have, I'm available to my managers all times of the day. Like we half the time we talk about, you know, none of Russell or CEO isn't, isn't listening, but we'll talk about shit that's not related to campus protein. You just, right. you, you build like a comfortable environment mm-hmm. where they trust you. But like, I think the best managers are people, people, because Absolutely. you have to walk the fine line between um, your, I'm your boss first and your friend second, yeah. but I'm not never going to play that boss card. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes back into, like, understanding who this person is. Like you said, getting granular. Oh, man. That's so important, like, no matter how big or small, right? So, like, that's why – that's how culture is improved is people being comfortable. And that's not routine. I mean, that's people being, like, I'm comfortable here making a phone call, doing my job, doing it to the best of my ability, knowing I can collaborate with the people around me. Mm -hmm. Because if people feel uncomfortable, then, like, it's going to spread negative energy. Yeah, and And if if you're motivated by fear, that's going to run out. Yeah, of course. And you see bad management happening with people who are, like, pissed that they aren't focused like they are. Don't you want to make money? Don't you want to make calls? Don't you want to do this? Don't you want to do that? Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not here to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's for someone that was in that role and now I'm on the other side of that fence, I can tell you I still have thoughts like that. Absolutely. I have days where I want to fuck. But you snap. keep it in your head. No, you cannot. You? Yeah. I might be screaming internally, but I'll be, <laughs> hey, man, what's, what's the problem? Let's work through this. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because you kind of view it as like it's like a bad like it's like a bad falling out with a friend where it turns into a he said, she said, right? Mm-hmm. The minute that you can put yourself above it, I beg, fuck it. I'm better than this. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let this eat at me. Even though you want to snap back at it and you right. don't, that's management 101. Yep. The amount of chaos you deal with where you're like, uh, do you have any idea how chaotic my day is? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, but you, <laughs> but you don't say that because you know that like, nobody gives a as shit. As you move, yeah, as you yeah. move up, just like the corporate ladder, you're, the reason why people want to get into management personally, I think, is because Obviously, it's a leadership role, but then you get compensated differently. And I'm not saying I I make bank by any means. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I get paid to manage trouble, right? That's what managing is. You manage problems. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not there for graphic design. I'm there for like when shit starts, you know, the fires start. Okay, where's Bob? Like, how can we put this out? Yeah. So Where's Bob? (laughs) You you have to kind of have that mentality where it's like, okay, like as I move up, these problems are going to get bigger. Yeah. So unless I can handle this right now, I'm never going to be where I want to be in five years. Gosh. That's awesome. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. Because uh, uh, nobody's perfect. I've snapped back before. Yeah, I've gotten, I, I've gotten like, yeah, it's, it's, it will, but like that's your personal bandwidth. You're in, you're in control. Like Matt Sherman is in control of Matt Sherman mm-hmm. in the workplace. Yeah. But if you think that the workplace is in control of Matt Sherman, you're going to be a, just a shitty fucking dude. Gosh. And you can tell. I think everybody, to a certain extent, wears their heart on their sleeve, whether they know it or yeah. not. 
you don't. It doesn't have to Sales be. Salespeople are sensitive as shit. Yeah, I'll tell you that. man. It, it it could just be in your just physiology. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a fucking you know, you know, curtain behind this door, and I said, "There's a depressed person," and I said, "What's their posture?" Yeah, you know, you're gonna know exactly. Yep, you're right? gonna tell by the body. People language. sense that. People feel that. Even over the phone, people yeah. feel that. Yeah, and the beauty of it, I I think back on this when I was in sales here in Chicago, I used to moan and bitch when I was I was driving to see clients. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, like, I don't want to get up and go see them. I don't know if they're going to buy. Yeah. And then eventually it hit me where I was just like, you know what? Like, they took the meeting with me. Mm-hmm. For all I know, they could be waking up today and being like, fuck, I don't want to meet with Bob. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I agreed to this meeting. Yeah. So, like, who am I to show up and right. be like down? Like, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, and you know how it is when you hop on a phone call, like, if you're exhausted and it's 345 on a Friday, and you're yeah. like, fuck, I just want to get out of here. Yes. If you have that attitude, you're going to, it's just going to be evident. But unless you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put on this attitude or it's like, fuck it. I'm taking this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So like when I would show up to those meetings, I'd be like, I'm fortunate enough to have the opportunity to speak with this person. Yeah. Why the fuck would I, would I half-ass it? Absolutely. So overcoming that attitude is huge because it, especially you get to a point where it's just like, I, if, I, if I want to remain where I am right now, then go ahead and complain. Yeah. But until you bite your tongue, you're like, fuck it, I'll work through this. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to you. I'll, like, last night, running interviews till, what, 11, 1130 at night? Yeah. For sales guys on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I very easily could have been like, dude, I just caught a fucking plane ride home. It got delayed. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. I have to go fit. But I didn't because eventually it's like, all right, if I could do this, next week I could do more. I, and a month from now I could do even more. I relate to that on a whole nother level with everything I do in life. I've always been the person to think, if I'm not going to do it, somebody else is going to. Yep. And, you know, that's the competitive side of me. And I guess sometimes I think competitive sometimes has a negatory context. But competitive just to me is just a self-motivation yeah. because I don't compare myself to others. But I think, you know, what's going to take me to the next level yeah. above that next yeah. person? So yeah. it's not how can I beat them? Yep. But what am I doing to better myself when somebody else has a 345? Yeah. I'm not making that call. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not going to do this extra max out. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to. Yeah. I'm know. not going to like push myself beyond that. Exactly. Like I hit a goal. I'm good. I can chill. Yeah. And I think that's. When you part, I mean, part of it is just the idea in sales. When you're hot, you're hot, right? So yeah. you hit a goal, like all right, fuck it, let's keep running with it. Keep going, but baby. like on a to your point on like com- that competitive spirit. Mm-hmm. The reason why I think spirit, it's spirit, yes, yeah. The exactly. reason why I think it's misinterpreted is because it's it's misinterpreted as you want something from me or you're trying to be better than me at something. Yeah, absolutely. And that scares people up. Yeah. Any any competitive attitude is always going to scare away complacent people. Yeah. Because you're fucking up their world. <laughs> because you walked in and you're like, you know what, I yeah, want something. Yeah, yo, yeah, fuck this place. Yeah. Burning it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, That's great. I, I do see the competitiveness. I, I, to your point, I completely see that. It's misinterpreted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of my last questions for you, and we've kind of touched a lot on it, it's, it's your personal motivation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one thing that I try and focus on is always projecting positive energy, not yeah. like faking my positive energy, but like always knowing the back of my head when a negative thought comes in, it's okay to channel it out, how to channel that out. Right. You know, is there a daily mantra or something you have in your head that you have instilled a hardworking attitude and a mindset that never falters? Oh, that's a great attitude or a great question. I think a great <laughs> you gotta question. You got to have a great attitude. attitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think like it varies person to person, but everyone always has their why, mm-hmm. right? Their yeah. why of why they do something. Um, and I'm not going to hit you some cliche like, oh, I want to be the best. Everyone wants to be the best. Yeah. Like, don't, like that's bullshit. But, but on a deeper level, I think it's just when you 
have flashes. Mm-hmm. And whether it's in corporate America, whether it's like, you know, when, when you're like out of shows and you feel like, fuck, this is my potential. Yes. It comes rarely at first. God, it's a good but feeling, you, though. You, dude, you feel on fucking fire. Oh, you're it's like, such a good yeah. feeling, yeah. yeah. Like, you're just like, fuck, like, this is me. Like, yes, this is... I can do I'm this. I'm Bobby fucking Hayes. Yeah, I can yeah. do this. <laughs> and, like, when you taste that, why would you not want to live in that? Yes. So every day I feel like I'm chasing a better version of myself. Like, mm-hmm. like the little things, too. And it just, it goes beyond work. It goes, like, just like, all right, like, last month I went out, you know, a, a shitload. Like, maybe I could cut back on that. Why? Because, like, as I as you move up in life, you need more and more systems. Yeah. If you think about your day-to-day now, like, it's much different than it was in college because you have systems in place. As yeah. a result, you have a job, you have a dope <laughs> apartment, you have free time. Yeah. Right? Whether you think about it or not, you put yeah. systems in place because as you move up, like, you kind of constantly have to be reevaluating yourself. So I think, like... I just genuinely feel like I want to be – I can't give to other people. Like I don't want to give them like a half-assed me. Yeah. We're doing this what? Fucking 10 o'clock on a Thursday? Yeah. Like, I, got, I got a 6 a.m. appointment where I got to mentor this. Well, one, like it's just kind of like I feel so enthused in what I'm doing, developing people, developing minds. And like I kind of want to be – just having a positive impact on people. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you see people realize their potential, that's the best fucking feeling. Gratitude is everything. Like, like when you realize and they're thankful for that, like, holy shit, you got me through that. Like, that's what you remember. You don't remember the times when you were arguing with, with your staff or like blow ups. You remember the times when they came to you and were like, you know what? Like, thank you for helping me through that. Like, thank you for helping me hit these goals. And you're like, okay, that's where the connection is. Yes. So I, every day I feel like I'm chasing a little bit better version of myself because Mm -hmm. if I can do that, I can give that to other people. I, this is the best fucking answer you could possibly have said there. Absolutely. And that's and that's just advice for everybody out there. Like, find your why. You have to. Because if you don't, you're just going to be ascribed a why by someone else. Mm-hmm. So you see people in fucking relationships or jobs that they don't want because at one point they were sold on the idea that that's what they had to do or that's right. what they had to be in. Someone's moral compass told them that exactly. this is what you have to do. You're, or- dude, you're either going to be building a life you want or you're going to be building a life for someone else based off their wants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I've been very fortunate that like my parents have always given me the path to do whatever I wanted, you know? And I'm thankful for that because I've seen other parents that don't. Yep. Yeah, very controlled. This is what you need to do. This is what the college you need to go to. This is how you have to live. This, 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 this. It's hard for people to break out of that. Dude, you break out of that fucking routine. Break out of it. You got to. You have to. And and eventually, I think a lot of times it can scare people because it's different. Anything, any change is going to freak people out. Yeah, absolutely. Even the good change. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's going to freak people out. But over time, like... Think about fucking AirPods. AirPods. When this came out, where are the wires? How do I charge them? Those things are ugly. Now everyone fucking wants a pair, right? Everybody's got AirPods, yeah. So, like, uh, uh, but, yeah, yeah that anytime that, that change comes along, it's going to fucking scare people. But the only thing I can say is, dude, you got to fucking step into it. Mm-hmm. And God forbid you step into it and you half-ass it. And let's say it doesn't work out. Personally, me being competitive, I would think probably for years to come, like, I wonder what would happen if I had stayed focused. Yeah. Don't want to have that thought. Oh, you don't. I always think about like the – I read this book that mentioned this article about surveying people in a retirement home 
or a nursing home or whatever. And the number one regret was I didn't do enough in life. Yep. You know, I never wanted to be the guy sitting on my rocker at 85 saying, I wish I could go back. Absolutely. I'm 26 years old right now. I want to live like I'm 26 years old the rest of my fucking yeah, life. Exactly. That's you know? the way you have to attack it. It's never going to, there will never be a right time to make a decision. And there's going to be more levels. What did you say earlier? Dude, every time you move up, you need new systems, systems new managements yeah. in place. Yeah. And sometimes you inadvertently put them in place as you go. And that's fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Other times you have to knowingly, like I, I want to go out with some of the guys at my house tonight and get fucked up, but I can't <laughs> because I have to go home tomorrow. I have to drive back in at 6 a.m. and meet right. the kid that I'm mentoring. Right. And like there's times where it's very evident systems you have in place. And there's other times where it's just like, you know what? Wow, I fell into this routine. This routine works for me. Yeah, absolutely. You made a commitment you're going to follow through on yep, that. Yep, you have to. Because like at the end of the day, all we have is our word. Yep. And I'm gonna. You got your word and your balls. And you that's brought it. you brought up Game of Thrones, man. There's a fucking quote in Game of Thrones. It's like if we start treating words or we start telling lies, then words lose their meaning. Exactly. Dude. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think it's easy to tell when someone's lying or isn't passionate about something. So like if you say something and you don't mean it, dude. The I mean, best the best leaders in life are gonna show you before they tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, actions speak louder than words, but I think your actions can also speak the same volumes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It can be on things. the same level. It's the little things too. So yeah. it's like your attitude day to day. It's your mental outlook. It's being asked to do something at mm. four forty five on a Friday. You don't want to do. You're like, yeah. yeah, I'll take care of it. That speaks volumes. So it's everything from. But yeah, leading leadership just starts from starts from doing. You check in. You check out. Exactly. And then you check back in in the next job. Yeah, you have to. You <laughs> have to, dude. You have to. So what's the rest of twenty nineteen look like for you and Campus Protein? Oh, man. Uh, we got a lot of big things coming. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Um, very. This is the most exciting year as far as, um, you know, just kind of the direction that we're heading. Um, I have something that's new for me is I got uh, two summer interns working under Raymond Alfred, which is... <laughs> I've nice. always been an intern. I've never had it. Yeah, so that's going to be What are they going to cool. do? Get you coffee? <laughs> no, get you amino see. acids? We'll see. Yeah, I'll have them run and get lunch. But uh, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, we're onboarding um, a social media management position to run our social media outreach uh, full-time. Awesome. Um, what else? Our pre-workout fuel has just been on fire, the different flavors we've come out with. Mm -hmm. So uh, the most recent fuel, uh, fuel flavor was Baja Blast. Or Baja Breeze, sorry, it was a mock of Baja Blast. Well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nice. but like the where we're at, and just like our hold on the market for listening to what people want and studying the trends is just incredibly exciting. So, mm -hmm. for 2019, um, you know, this first quarter that I was there, we were fortunate enough to see triple digit growth from the sales program Amazing. compared to last year, and crazy, and just like riding that success has been big, but like the minute it's very difficult now to not get comfortable. So it's yeah. just constantly thinking, constantly taking feedback. Um, but 2019 is, is going to, is our most exciting year yet. Um, and just like the hires, the, the onboarding, the training, the sales program, it's just, it's on fire right now. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to ride this as long as we can. Is the long-term goal to be on every campus with a yeah. brick and mortar school? Or no, a no. Store? A long term, the idea is that we have a, presence at every college or university across the u.s right with sales reps with sales reps where and then ideally we could work something out where this is something that's you know under production so to speak but um making reps available to you similar to how uber drivers are available to customers oh man hey there's a sales rep on your campus shoot them a text here's their information yeah they can you tell them about their goals and you can pick which rep you work with oh shit so that's legit like a whole app is. and everything it is you guys have an app um tbd <laughs> campusprotein.com yeah. for now yeah, though campusprotein.com for now uh, click to chat 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's the biggest thing. I I would love a fucking app. Um, I think we've tried it in the past, but we have so many changes coming in 2019 that, I mean, you know how it is. Your priority list just gets longer and longer. Yeah, so, of course. Um, but the the to answer your question, 2019, it's all rep sales focused. The organization, the promotions. Um, continuing to expand, continue to grow the company, grow the culture. Um, so I'm just incredibly fortunate and excited to be in the position that I am, especially with the early success, mm-hmm. um, and just trying to make that you know ten tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold six months from now. It's amazing, man. I just want to again acknowledge you for everything you've done. Um, I appreciate that. I've known you for. Seven years? Seven years, yeah. It's a long time. Long time. I got a lot of respect for this guy. He works hard, harder than a lot of people I know. And, you know, I think that's awesome that you are finding the better version of Raymond Hayes every single day. You have to. And I got to love that, man. I appreciate that. Fuck yeah. Thanks for coming on, brother. This has been great. My pleasure.